your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome, and now for this week's edition of All Around the Leagues. Hello and welcome to the Maidstone and Midkin section of the Selk podcast. I'm Ian and I'm here to bring you all the news, views and information from around the league along with the results and fixtures as part of the weekly show. It's week two which saw all 32 clubs feature in the first round of the Challenge Cup. We saw an incredible 100 goals scored across all the matches, some great games played as some teams took their opponents to the cleaners and others pushed clubs from higher leagues all the way. Two penalty shootouts will bring you all the results and scorers for all the games as part of the results show, so stay tuned. But first, let's catch up with the league news. Kent Sands played the Selk podcast team in a charity match on Thursday at the ground of Holmesdale FC. The teams were raising money for their Mike Strong memorial campaign, which raises awareness and support for mental health, and the Kent Sands charity, which supports parents to share their experience of baby loss. Two amazing causes there. The event was well spoiled on the night with over a £1,000 raised, so well done to everyone who played, volunteered and supported the match. There can only be one winner on the night, and Selk took the bragging rights this time with a 7-0 win. We'll be catching up with Mike Pollard later in the show to talk to him about this event, what's in the calendar for Kent Sands over the next few months, as well as looking into what they want to achieve this year on the pitch in the Maidstone and Mid-Kent League. Last week, we featured several clubs, their new kits and sponsors. We've had some more coming since, so please do keep them coming. East Morning Reserves posted a picture of their new kit, a sandy yellow with a subtle, thin, horizontal stripe of a lighter shade. The kit, made by Macron, also has a nice black collar. And their sponsor for this season is Waterloo Air Products, who specialise in air terminal devices. Larkfield and Newhithe have stuck with their traditional yellow and black. They have an all-yellow shirt with thick, diagonal black stripes on the left side and the right sleeve. Their sponsor is Integrate Building Services, who specialise in integrated fire detection and suppression systems. Aylesford also posted their new kit for their reserve side, their classic blue and white vertical striped shirt with blue arms and the sponsor KLM Flooring and Hay Construction who have experience in covering all aspects of construction. Some great new kits there guys, all finding great ways to stick to traditional colours of their clubs but delivering some top designs and great to hear of more businesses supporting the local game. Well done to everyone involved there. Finally, White Horse take on the Charitable FC under the lights at K Sports in Cobdown this Sunday evening. The match is open to all spectators and both clubs are raising money for local Kent charity more than words. They support children where a condition or disorder can't be formally diagnosed, making it extremely hard for children or families to find help or support without that formal diagnosis. The match is on Sunday the 4th of October. It's a 5.45 kickoff. It's free for anyone to attend and supporters will be asked to check in and out of the ground via a QR code. There will be fundraising on the day via raffle and collection buckets or you can donate online via the GoFundMe page that goes straight to the charity. We'll retweet that link for you and it's also available on the Whitehorse website. They've raised over £400 already but it would be great to hit the £500 mark before the game next Sunday so please give if you can afford to do so. Remember, for any other news, questions or queries, you know the drill. Email us, info at whitehorsefootballclub.co.uk, Twitter at white underscore horse underscore FC, and Instagram at white.horse.fc. That's it for league news this week, so let's get down to business and have a look at the results from the weekend. It was all Challenge Cup first round action this weekend, and here's how it unfolded. AFC Phoenix lost 7-0 to East Morning. A Mark Barrett hat-trick as well as a Nathan Fawkes and Dan Packman brace completed a comfortable win for Morling. Aylesford beat Labelled Angels 3-2 in a close match. Bradley Beckett with a goal and a Luke Redding brace which included a late winner helped Premiership Aylesford through against Division 2 side. Josh Upson and an own goal for Labelled Angels. Barming Blues had a good day in the office and put 11 past Walnut Wanderers. Jake Bates and Shay Bradley with 4 goals each. Kane Vans brace and Scott Birch effort completed the route. Coxeath and Farley drew two all with Gold Stars. The Division 3 side weren't phased by the Premiership opposition. Jamie Tree putting Coxeath in front in the first half with a fine long range effort. Jacob Hearn levelled the scores after the break. Tree then put Coxeath in the lead again and it looked like he had booked them a place in round two. 
only for Gold Stars to be awarded a late penalty in the 90th minute, which Eddie Davis scored. The tie went to penalties, where Gold Stars scraped into round two after winning the shootout 9-8. Eastbourne Reserves lost 2-0 to Aylesford Reserves. Aylesford took the lead early on after a cleared corner found its way to Sean Johnson, who hit a thunderbolt to put a marker down. That woke East Morning up, and as they came to life, Liam Budgeon having his effort cleared off the line. East Morning went up a gear second half, but failed to convert, and as they pushed hard to find an equaliser, an Aylesford counter-attack, Jay Carr scored Aylesford second to book their place in round two. Fisherman's Arms ease into the second round with a 10-0 win over Minter. Anthony Scarpa with four in that game. Braces from Dan Baines and Ryan Dismore, as well as solo efforts from Joe Draper and Connor Parks. Invicta Rangers lost 5-0 to Barming Colts. Brett Ince and Joshua Webb started the scoring, followed by a Curtis Buckingham goal either side of half-time. Sam Carter then secured a comfortable away win for the Colts. K-Sports Express beat Sutton Valance 2-1 in a close game. Bradley Ryan with a brace for K-Sports. Joe Terry with a goal for Sutton Valance. Kent Sands lost 3-0 at home to Invicta Sunday. Both these sides didn't play last week, so welcome this as their opening fixture for the Maidstone and Mid-Kent season. Invicta created the early chances, Joe Casey firing straight at the keeper and Martin Delves having his header cleared off the line, but neither side could break the deadlock before half-time. Second half, Invicta did break that deadlock on 69 minutes. Ricky Dalton's free kick swung in and found his way into the net. Invicta continued to press and grabbed their second goal on 75 minutes. Man of the match Carl Bennett collected a rebound in the box and sublimely chipped over the keeper into the top corner. Jack Gilby was then in a determined mood and with three minutes to go he topped off a fine display with an angled shot into the roof of the net for Invicta's third. Langley drew one all with Laybourne Chase. Both teams started well and were looking to attack from the go with Laybourne keeper Chris Barrett holding the ball well when called upon. Langley did have chances of their own, but couldn't find the target. And on 35 minutes, when Andy Wells loosely passed across his own goal, that was gratefully seized upon by Sean Scott to give the Division 3 side the lead at the break. Second half saw chances for both sides, and with 10 minutes remaining, Zaf Adkins set up Tommy Stamp to draw level. Both sides pushed for a winner, but to no avail. Langley keeper Chris Barrett put the pressure on straight away, saving his to left in the penalty shootout. And all the scores were level until Zaf Adkins stepped up and saw his spot kick saved well by John Berger in the Laybourne goal. Both teams scored their next penalties as the shootout moved to sudden death. Laybourne stepped up and put their effort high over the crossbar. Gary Goodale stepped up from Langley and he converted calmly and put them through to the second round. Shout out to Luke Rees making his debut for the club and putting in a man of the match performance in the centre defence for Langley. Marlon Miners put eight past Park Royal Reserves. Johan Kenny Bryan with a brace as well as goals from Kane Butler, Daniel Sharp, Robbie Smith, Ed Thorne, Lewis Blake and James Geimer. Rubicon Limerick lost 2-1 at home to Larkfield. Dan Skinner with a brace for Larkfield. Jake Waring with a late goal for Rubicon. Snodland Town went down fighting against Maidstone Tempest. Snodland went 3-1 down at half-time and the poor decisions from some of their players meant they played the second half with 10 men. Studland did get back into the game and levelled at 3-all before Tempest scored a late winner. Ben Twist with a brace along with a Mark Brazer goal for Snodland. Hussein Mohammed with all four goals for Tempests. Vinters beat Crosskeys 4-1 at home. Tom Shawcross with a brace as well as efforts from Daniel Barton and Graham Noakes. Joel Latter with a consolation for Crosskeys. White Horse beat Laybourne 2-0 at home. Despite some high-energy pressing first half from the away side, Whitehorse looked comfortable. A first-half penalty from Ian Knight gave the Breadman a half-time lead after Liam Stone was failed in the box. Second half saw Whitehorse dominate much more of the ball. Liam Stone should have added a second going through on goal, but his delicate chip went over the keeper and the top of the crossbar. Ian Knight saw his second-half penalty saved by the Laybourne keeper after a handball in the box. Despite the frustration, the Breadman did eventually score a second. Dominic Meir cutting in wide right for Jacob Walter on the pullback. He made no doubt from eight yards to seal a place in round two. Whitehorse Jaguars lost 10-0 at home to Park Royal Reserves. Mackenzie Gardner with four for the Royal. Raymond Chadwick with a brace before he was sent off for a straight red card. Lee Parker, Jason Tharp and Lincoln Williams with all the other goals in that game. So some great games there and some hard choices for my team of the day. 
Invicta Sunday were the only Division 3 side to progress to the second round of the Challenge Cup. So well done there, guys. Division 3 Sodland Town coming back from 3-1 down with 10 men against Division 2 Tempest. Only to lose to a last-minute winner, so hard luck on them. Laybourne Chase from Division 3 taking Langley from Division 2 all the way to penalties. Frustrating for them to lose 5-4 in the shootout, I'm sure. Division 2 Aylesford Reserves beating Division 1 East Morning Reserves 2-0 away from home. Technically the only upset with a lower division side. But I think my team of the day has to be Cox Heath. The Division 3 side were beating Gold Stars from the Premiership 2-1 until the 90th minute. A late penalty saving the Stars' blushes. And then they took the shootout all the way to 8-all before seeing their spot kick saved. So well done to them in what was a great cup match. Lots of magic in the cup there. Bring on round two. And of course, the only place you can hear the draw live and first is the Celt All Around the League show. So make sure you join me for that. As spoken about earlier, I had the pleasure of catching up with Mike Pollard, the manager of Kent Sands. And here's what he had to say about all things football. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. How have you been? Yeah, good, thank you. Let's, let's start with lockdown first. Uh, we saw some great videos of you and the supporters online showing how you are keeping busy and, and lightening the mood for everyone. When did you and the guys get back to kicking the ball about as a team? Um, luckily, uh, we were able to get out um, a bit sooner than quite a few people, I think. Um, in my um, local village, um, the park, they still had a few, some goals up in the park. So we were able to do some, put together some nice socially distant training sessions and just getting the, the guys back um, seeing each other again and knocking the ball around. So um, over the summertime, it really, uh, it really helped us. Yeah, and we, we were similar to yourselves. I think we tried to, to get out safely when it was, you know, as early as we could. A lot of the sports centres and things obviously weren't open and, and we were like you. We, we just went down the park and kind of uh, jumpers for goals, if you like, and um, and, and just yeah, kicked the ball back. Yeah. Just... Yeah, we were checking daily, like, oh, when the, when the um, football pitch is opening again. So as soon as they opened, we got back on. But uh, in the meantime, we were just down at the local park. Really, uh, it's good for us Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so more recently, a couple of charity matches just before the start of the season. We mentioned the Celt game in the podcast news this week. How successful were those for you in terms of not results but the causes you were supporting? It, it was it was really good actually. Um, the, the first game we had, which was uh, last Sunday, we um, we have a long-standing friendly against um, a vet team over at uh, Farnborough All Boys and Girls All Boys Guild yep. in uh, Oppington, and um, they. Um, and a club that our, uh, Jordan, who's a big part of our club, um, he's been part of both clubs uh, the last few years, and um, it was the fifth anniversary of him losing his twins. So that was uh, a game we put in place to play for Teddy and Matthew, and um, they, they kindly made a nice uh, donation at the end of the game to put towards the charity and uh, keep the team running. And then um, later in the week, we had Definitely. I mean, the, the amounts raised were fantastic. And as you said, two two really good causes there and raising the profile for, for your club. And, you know, leading on to my next question, we at White Horse follow a, a pretty similar club model to you in terms of we play in a league, but we also try and find a lot of time to, to spread the word and support some, some great local charities. How important is that for you as a club? And do you hope to inspire others who have community teams to do the same? Um, it's really good as well meeting people from slightly different they might still be you know the southeast of England but slightly different areas that we don't come across we might not go into the uh, inner uh, London I guess and uh, we, we're now chatting with people about organising matches uh, they come to us I was going to them 
Um, and it's really good playing. You know, you have no expectations going into the game. You know, the, the football side's fun and everyone's um, just up for a good night. Um, so everyone, the game's always played in good spirits. It's raising money and awareness. And the mental health side of um, lockdown and everything that's come out of that is is more prominent than ever before and if we can do anything to alleviate that and give, even just give their players a couple of hours out the house to go and give them a chance to play on a decent ground under the floodlights or whatever and raise some money and um, just raise the exposure and it, I, you can't really go wrong I think um, everyone's everyone finds time to come and support these charities and yeah, make the most of it while we can yeah, yeah, I strongly agree with that. So moving on into uh, the Maidstone and Mid-Kent side of things, what's the ambition in terms of uh, league and results this season? Are there any, any targets you're happy to uh, get, out in the, get out in the open with everyone? Well, yes, we, we want to get some good points on the board this year. Um, we've worked hard over the summer um, in the pre-season. So we've got a couple of new players come on board. We've got the players that have developed from last season. Bearing in mind, we were a whole brand new team of players that some of people hadn't played in a very long time. Um, you know, we're being realistic. Um, we want to. We want to compete. We don't. We don't want to go out there and you know embarrass ourselves. At the same time, we know what we're out there playing for, and it just so happens that we're developing as a team as we go. And I think pre-season certainly helped that. And yeah, if we can uh, go out there, make a good account of ourselves, get some points on the board, and um, yeah, just just put up a fight each week and week out, mm. and uh, yeah, cause some surprises. It'll be even better. Yeah, and and the leagues are smaller this year, so split into to four divisions. Do you see that as a, a good change from last season, or is that something that frustrates you with less games? No, I, I don't think it frustrates us. Off the back of the charity games, which we said we're, we're kind of inundated with um, requests to play games anyway, so no doubt on weekends off we'll be filling them up with charity games or friendly games in one way or another. So the, the amount of fixtures doesn't count. We're out there to play for our reasons, and the, the smaller the smaller league, it's um, not nobody bothered about that. It, it, it works well, but it's more the, the level of the teams around us. Hopefully. You know, I know a lot of work went up behind the scenes to make it a more level league, which we're happy for because, you know, some of the teams we played last year, they rightly so, they, weren't in our, they shouldn't have been in our division and that's been levelled out now, so it should give us more of an opportunity to go out there and uh, get some results this season. Yeah, I'm a strong advocate of it. It's a very difficult job putting leagues together and, you know, it's an impossible job really to, get, to keep everyone happy, but I think the standards... In, in some of the leagues, you know, between the top and the bottom teams was, was too far and it's it's not good for any team turning up knowing they're gonna get beaten ten, twelve nil, you know, on a on a on a regular basis. And that didn't just happen in the bottom league, that happened in all the divisions for me. So I think the slightly smaller leagues just makes it a little bit more competitive. Um, and you know there will be gaps in the seasons, but you know there are plenty of things to do. I know there are lots of teams looking for friendlies or even getting involved in charity games, um, as you are or we are as White Horse. There's lots of opportunities to fill in games there, so I think teams can definitely fill their calendar if they need to. And and kind of mentioning that, you know, in terms for you guys, what's on the horizon? Uh, any charity or community events that people can get involved in? Yeah, uh, we've, we, I say we've, got, we've got a few um, requests that we're still working through at the moment, but we, we have one particular game that we play each year. Um, we'll play it um, a week on Saturday, I think it is on the, the 10th of um, October. It's a week um, in our sort of community, in the charity community called Baby Loss Awareness Week. And yep. um, so we, we managed to set up a team against the Brighton Sands United, which we played them last season. Um, down at, we played in, in Tommy Wells at West Hall Football Club and this time they, we're going to travel down to them, their hosters and um, go out in there and it, it's amazing seeing two Sands United teams together all the guys coming together and playing for the, for the cause so that's an amazing, always an amazing night um, hopefully we can you know, utilise the big squad because we have got a match on the Sunday morning after that as well, <laughs> so, um, yeah, try not to get too many tight legs yeah, and I think the, uh, the the Brighton manager there was the guy who was featured on the, the BBC Breakfast show, was he not? That's on the Radio 1. Yep. That's correct, yeah. So, um, you know, we've, we've, we've had a both. Um, you know, he looked 
I've been on some other media outlets. He was on that one. It's good to all get together and you know, put on his, um, give all these guys a good chance to get a good run out. And it's only this in pitch, you know, on a Saturday night under the floodlights. You know, it's not not many opportunities to get to do that as uh, you know, Sunday league footballers. So it's nice to just to put on a good good evening for the guys. But also, um, we're going to now having uh, King Hill Sports Park as our home now. Um, there's been a few teams through that have contacted us through the management side there and have said, oh, you know, that the, the, they have the pitches there when there's an available pitch, and then we can uh, line up with some charity matches against them, against um, potentially like new teams that are thinking about coming together for 2021 season going forward and they just get together. So, you know, there's some good, good things on the horizon. No, it all sounds great. Uh, and keep us posted about those. We, we love to obviously um, mention what you're involved in on the show. Great to speak to you today, Mike, as always. I uh, hope you have a fantastic season and, and don't leave it too long before we catch up again. Fantastic. Thanks very much for your support again, All the best. That was Mike Pollard from Kent Sands there. Before we go, let's have a look at next week's fixtures. In the Express Auto Centre Premiership, East Morning take on Aylesford. K-Sports Express welcome Fishman's Arms. Modern Miners host Barman Colts. A Park Royal welcome Invicta Gold Stars. In Division 1, Laybourne host East Morning Reserves. Rubicon Limerick take on Invicta Rangers. Sutton Valence Athletic host Langley Athletic. In Division 2, AFC Phoenix welcome Park Royal Reserves. Aylesford Reserves host Mason Tempest. Barman Blues welcome Whitehorse Jaguars. And Minter host Vinters. In Division 3, Cross Keys take on Laybourne Chase. In Victor Sunday, host Walnut Wanderers. Laybourne Angels take on Kent Sands United. And Snodland Town host Cockteeth and Farley. Don't forget, White Horse take on the charitable FC at Cobdown under the lights, 5.45 kickoff, supporting a great charity. There's no charge for that game, and all the supporters of Grassroots are welcome. We'd love to see you there. Best of luck to all teams with their fixtures this weekend. That's all we've got time for this week. Thanks to Mike Pollard for joining us on the show, as well as East Morning Reserves, Langley, Invicta Sunday and White Horse for sending in your match reports. Please keep them coming in. Great to hear the stories from every game. For questions, news stories or queries, please get in contact via email, Twitter or Instagram. Don't forget to tune in next week for the latest stories, league results and goal scorers. Until then, remember, it's always more than just football. Hello and welcome to this Essex Sunday Corinthian Football League roundup for September as we look through the action for the first month of the season and look ahead to the rest of the year. In the senior division, the, the division is led by Bay T squad who have played three, won two and drawn one so far from their, their games played. Uh, they sit top by I think by a point on seven. Just behind them are two sides who have perfect records so far. Secret FC, who are looking to be a real big threat in this division and have had two great results so far. They have two wins from two and sit on six points. And London Mavericks, also with two wins from two. They also have six points and could well be a side to pose a threat. Sitting in fourth place so far are Hatch Lane, who were the side to take points off of Bay T squad a couple of weeks ago. They have a win and a draw from their opening two fixtures and sit on four points. Click FC recorded their first win of the campaign uh, over the weekend as they moved up to fifth place and now have a total of four points. They'll be pleased with their efforts so far in their first year in the top flight. Eastway Athletic have started with a win and two defeats from their opening three games and they sit sixth in the table. And just below them on one point are Flanders who have drawn one and lost one from their opening two games. El Valiente start their season this coming weekend. They haven't yet played a league game. They sit eighth on zero points from zero games. And just below them are the three teams who are so far pointless, which is Warren United who have played one and lost one. And East Stars played two, lost two, along with the reigning champions, technically Repton Park, who have also lost both of their games so far. In the Premier Division, the leaders are FC Baller, who went top of the table at the weekend on the back of a really big 8-0 win. They have so far played three, won two and drawn one. 
They've scored 10 and not yet conceded a goal, so they sit on seven points. Uh, goal difference, though, only separates them from Brook Athletic, who have had a great start to the season with two wins and a draw from their opening three games. They sit on seven points also, but also have the uh, the accolade of having beaten Baytees in this season's Corinthian Cup competition at this weekend just gone, causing a real giant killing. In third place, a culture club also with a record of two wins and a draw from their opening games. They have seven points. They sit just a point ahead of fourth-placed Barking Riverside, who have played two and won two so far. They have six points and also were uh, big giant killers against Flanders from the senior division over the weekend, beating them 6-5 in an entertaining first-round clash. In fifth place, Barking and Dagenham Wanderers have a win and two defeats to show for their opening three games of the season so far, and they sit on three points. And two, uh, three teams below them sit on a point. That's Asianos, who have played one and drawn one so far. Central Colts have played two and drawn two, drawn one and lost one, and that accounts for their one point. Ultimate Vision also with one point to uh, to show for their efforts so far from two games. The only two teams without a point so far are Panda, who have played two and lost two, and Chingful Athletic, who have played three and lost three, and will look to improve that goal difference as the season goes on. In Division 1, the early leaders are Abridge Village, who have started with a record of two wins and a defeat from their opening three games. They sit top of the table with six points and a head-on goal difference from AC Milano, who have played two and won two so far with eight goals for and one against. They've made a good start to their season. Barking also sit with two wins from two, and they'll be pleased with their efforts so far. Uh, They also have maximum points. Sitting just below those sides are two teams on four points. First of those is the cup finalist, Roos, who have a win and a draw from their opening two games, so they remain unbeaten. And Oceana in fifth place have have the full set, a win, a draw and a defeat from their opening three games, and they sit fifth in the table. New boys to the league, Gantz Hill. They've played just the one game so far, and it was an entertaining one. They won 6-4 at the weekend, so they have one win from their opening games, and they sit in sixth place with three points. And those, they're also on the same record as the team they played against, which is Valentine's, who also have three points, although theirs comes from a win and two defeats in their opening three games. Wanstead Albion have played just the one league game so far. They haven't yet picked up a point. Neither have Corona Redbridge, also from the same number of games. While Goresbrook and Hornchurch Oakmont, somewhat surprisingly in both instances, make up the table in 10th and 11th place so far, both winless. In Division 2, the early leaders are Thames Ironworks Community and what a start they've had with three wins from three in the league and also uh, a win in their, in their Charity Cup quarterfinal at the weekend too, making it four wins from four. So they sit top of the table in Division 2 with nine points. Just below them are FC Galaxy with two wins from two and they've been scoring goals for fun with 14 goals in those two games. So their goal difference is looking quite healthy. Royal Albert sit third in the table with six points also. Theirs has come from uh, three games with two wins and a defeat so far. In fourth place, AFC Faden have played just the one game in the league so far, having had some cup commitments, and they've played 1-1-1. It was a 4-1 win, so they sit on three points. Just ahead of uh, Emerson Park in fifth place, who also have played one and won one, so they've had a good start to the season. West Essex are sixth placed. They had a bit of a strange start to the season. Uh, they, they lost their opening couple of games, but they've bounced back now with a win in the league and a win in the cup. Uh, they sit on three points in sixth place in the table. Frenford have yet to start their league campaign due to COVID issues at, at the club, so they they will they sit in seventh place with no points from no games. And below them are the sides who are somewhat pointless uh, in, in points total tallies respects anyway uh, St Augustine's have played one and lost one as they moved down from Division 1 over the summer Chigwell United also with three defeats from their three although they have picked up a win in the cup and FC Mexico will probably be disappointed so far with their season with three defeats from three in the league and also dumped out of the cup by Division 3 side Alpha in Division 3, it's been a pretty good start for Romeo Colts. Uh, they had won their opening two games and they sit top, but their third fixture was a defeat. 
so they have played three, one, two, and lost one so far. And their rivals for this title could well be Breton's Manor, who sit in second with two wins from two. One of those results being against Romeo Colts uh, a couple of weeks back now, and they also have six points. Uh, there's actually five teams on six points. Uh, Blackwall Rovers are the third of those with two wins and a defeat so far from their opening games as they saw their league unbeaten league campaign come to an end at the weekend. FC Mexico B also with two wins and a defeat from their opening three fixtures sit in fourth. And in fifth are Ainsley, who despite a defeat on the opening day, have bounced back well with two wins in the league. They also have two wins and a defeat from their opening three games. Just below those sides, Eastbrook United have won one and lost one uh, so far with three points from their two games. Almost identical record with Jaffna, who have done exactly the same, a win and a defeat. And below those sides are the teams who have yet to pick up a point, which is Munkums with zero points from their two. Also Alpha with zero points from their two, although, as I said earlier, have picked up a giant, giant killing in the cup. And Lonsdale also have no points yet from their two games. In Division 4, Upshire Forest are the side to beat at the moment. They are top of the table, having played four games, which is more than the sides below them. They've won three and drawn one so far to account for their 10-point tally, which is four points ahead of the rest as things stand. Cobra are sitting second following promotion over the summer. They have two wins from two and have scored 11 goals in those two games. Also on six points, Leighton Stone Athletic with two wins and a defeat from their opening three games of the season. Total Football are unbeaten. They sit fourth at the moment with one win and two draws from their opening three games, and they sit on five points. That's one point more than Faden Green, another of the unbeaten sides, who have just played the two games in the league so far. Uh, They won one and drew one to make it four points. They also did pick up the scalp of Ronio Colts at the weekend in the Trophyland Cup competition, uh, aside from the division higher. In sixth place, Romford Athletic Dons have played three. They've won one and lost two so far to account for a points tally of three. Also on three points, Chingford Athletic Reserves, who have played two, won one and lost one so far with a pretty pretty respectable record so far, but they'll want to improve that, no doubt. Titans United, also a win and a defeat to show for their first two games of the season on four points. And the sides who are... Without a point so far, Young Royals sit in ninth with no points. Eastern Avenue, the same, and United Amateurs are sitting 11th with no points from their opening three games, and they'll be looking to improve their goal difference. In Division 5, the early leaders are Valence United, although this has changed over the weeks uh, pretty much. Valence have played four, won two, and drawn two, so they remain one of only two unbeaten teams at this level which is making it quite an unpredictable division to be in. They have eight points, and they're two points ahead of Custom House Community, the other unbeaten side, who have won uh, won both of their opening two fixtures and are looking like a side who are really moving forward this year. In third place, Sing Sabah Barkin are sitting on two wins and a defeat. Uh, They actually had won both of their opening games, but their only defeat so far came at the weekend just gone but that still keeps them third in the table. Similar record for Pink City Phoenixes, who also lost their unbeaten record at the weekend uh, as they move down to fourth place, but have two wins and a defeat from their opening three, which is a respectable start. Stowe Rovers have had an indifferent start to the season after an excellent opening day victory, uh, followed by two defeats, but a win at the weekend sees them up into mid-table with six points so far from their opening four games. Royal Lions uh, so far have, have... had the full set. They've had a win, a draw and a defeat. Uh, that win actually their first coming at the weekend and that was an 11-0 victory. Um, that moves them up to sixth place with four points. Dagenham Rangers uh, had an indifferent start to the season with a couple of defeats, but they've bounced back now. They've got their first league win on the board and also picked up a cup win too at the weekend. They sit seventh in the table with three points so far. Colbert Royals, another side who had a difficult start to the year uh, as being a vet side, um, playing against some younger legs, uh, gave them a bit of a shock in the opening fixtures, but they have responded well, and they now sit with a win and a defeat from their opening two games with three points so far, and also picked up a cup win in the Endeavour Cup uh, against the Division 6 outfit at the weekend. Just below Colbrook Vets are Tecker's Vets, 
who have played three, drawn one and lost two, although all of them have been pretty close fixtures. They sit on one point. The only team without a point in this division is Fairlock Rovers, who have so far played three and lost three and will desperately be needing to change that situation as we go into the second month of the season. Completing our, our action is Division 6, where Barking Reserves uh, are the side to lead the way in their first season in men's football. They have played three and won three, uh, having scored 16 and not yet conceded a goal. So they're looking like a side to be reckoned with in this level. Just below them are East Tilbury Town, who were previously top of the table until the weekend just gone. They've had a win, at, uh, two wins and a draw, so they're unbeaten. Uh, one of only four teams unbeaten so far. They sit on seven points. And in second place, Byron Red Star in third also uh, are sitting on seven points with two wins and a draw from their opening four games. Uh, those those couple of wins coming in, in their recent fixtures. So they're looking like a side to be on the move. Thames Ironworks Community Reserves so far just played the two games in fourth position with a win and a defeat to account for their opening start. Epping Royals, another new young side coming into the league out of youth football this year for the first time. They've made a solid start to the year. Three out of three games, they have won one and lost two, but they've all been close results so far. So they have three points. Mansfield Rangers, another young side. Yet, yet to win a game, but they have picked up two draws out of their opening three and just that one defeat, giving them two points so far. Woodford Green United, Played just the one game so far. It was an entertaining one. It was a 3-3 draw. So that gives them a point uh, to, to build upon. Epping Forest Falcons sit in eighth in the table. They have so far played two, drawn one and lost one. So they will be looking to improve that as the season goes on, which undoubtedly they will attempt to do. Atletico City, although have made their cup debut with the league, have yet to play a league game. They sit ninth with no points from their zero games played so far. But they're just ahead of Ilford County, who are uh, winless so far and pointless. Uh, they have just played the one game, though, uh, which was a 5-0 defeat. And Royal Lions Reserves sit 11th in the table uh, with two defeats from their opening two games. Thank you for listening to this Essex Sunday Corinthian Football League roundup for September. We look forward to bringing you, of course, more coverage as the season goes on. For a full roundup on a weekly basis from our league, you can visit our website, www.escfl.co.uk, for all the results, fixtures, tables, and much more. See you soon. Welcome to this week's Watford Sunday Football League podcast, where we'll take a look back at the games played last Sunday, 27th of September, forward to the games this coming Sunday, 4th of October, and also our monthly review of the league tables and top goal scorers. In the Premier Division, Sun Sports Athletic took over the top of the table after a 2-0 win over Rifle Volunteer in what looks to be the most open top-flight title race in years. As Oakview, who have won the title for the last seven seasons, suffered a second defeat of the season, 2-0 to Everett Rovers Reed. Evergreen are in second place between Sun and Everett after a 2-0 win over St Joseph's, whilst Old Falarians gained the second win of the season themselves with a 2-1 win over FC Unicorn. The other team on six points, a Chorley Wood Club, who defeated Fox and Stone 2-1, who are still without a league win in the top flight, despite losing all their games by just a single goal. In Division 1, North Watford looked like the side to beat so far, as they notched up a fourth straight win, this time over Ricky AFC 3-1. Casterbury Rangers are in second with three wins from four games, a 2-0 win over Rail after a 2-0 win over Railway Arms, who remain bottom of the table with three defeats from three. Bushy Rangers beat Oxy Spartans 3-2 as they moved into third place. And Langleyberry CC are up and running with the first three points of the season 
with a surprise 2-1 win over AFC Leesden, coming back from behind to score both goals in the last 10 minutes. Maple Cross are putting their bad start to the season behind them with a second straight win, this time a 4-0 victory over AFC Bedmond. In Division 2, soccer are the leaders with three wins from three, but they had to do it the hard way, coming back from a goal down at the break to beat Chester United 4-2. St Mary's Harefield are in second after a comfortable 5-1 win over Donbar. SC Metropolitan Hearts beat West Hearts 3-0, whilst a single goal from Tom Ford was enough for ER to beat ACS Milan. In Division 3, Watford Town are the new team at the top of the, top of the table, with a 1-0 win over Sparta Phoenix, with a goal scored by Sean Moody. Hertfordshire Eagles dropped points for the first time this season after a 1-1 draw with South Hearts, who gained themselves a first point. Watford Athletic also dropped points for the first time this season with a 2-2 draw against Woodside Wanderers. Chelfon Saints won 5-2 for the second week running, this time against Francis George. Watford Sports have their first win of the season after a 2-1 win over King George and Batchworth and Inter drew 1-1. Owen Page and Alfie Jones were the strikes for their respective sides. As we approach the end of September, um, we now have had four weeks worth of fixtures, so most clubs have played between four and two games. Currently, the tables are looking as follows. In the Premier Division... Sun Sports Athletic are top of the table with seven points from four games. Then there's a cluster of six teams, Evergreen, Everett Rovers Reed, Oakview, Chorleywood Club, St Joseph's and Old Falarians all on six points, followed by an eighth place FC Unicorn on four, Rifle Volunteer in ninth on three and Fox and Stone 10th bottom of the table without a point so far. In Division 1, it's North Watford at the top with four wins from four games and 12 points. Cassidy Rangers second with nine. Bushy Rangers third with seven. AFC Leavesden and Maple Cross fourth and fifth with six points. AFC Bedmond with four. Oxy Spartan 7th with 3 points, Ricky AFC 8th with 3, Langleyberry who got off the mark Sunday a 9th with 3 points and Railway Arms are firmly at the bottom with no points to date in 10th place. In Division 2, Soccer at top of the table with 3 wins from 3, 9 points. St Mary's Harefield, second with six. Also joined on six points by SC Woodside, SC Metropolitan Hearts, WDFC, Chess United and ERFC. Dombar are in eighth place with three points. And then we have three clubs, ninth, tenth and eleventh, Skyline, ACS Milan and West Hearts, all with no points yet to date. In Division 3, uh, new leaders are Watford Town, who have nine points from three games. Hertfordshire Eagles and Watford Athletic are second and third with seven points. Chalfont Saints with six. Woodside Wanderers four. Batchworth four. Sparta Phoenix three points. Watford Sports three points. South Hearts two points. And King George and Inter both on one point, with Francis George propping up the table without registering a point so far. 
With regards to uh, top goal scorers for each division, um, in the Premier Division, it's very tight. Uh, currently, you have uh, Michael East from Chorley Wood Club and Charles Haley from Old Valerians FC and Tom Kennedy from Oakview, all on three. Lee Culverhouse from Fox and Stone on two. Also, Ish Ahiyu from Rifle Volunteer on two and Tom Shaw from Chorley Wood Club on two. In Division 1, Coram Chase from Casbury Rangers is the early leader with seven. You then have Jack Carter from AFC Leesden and Connor Flanagan from North Watford with four. Carl Brown from North Watford, Chris Dowling from Bushy Rangers and Stevie Dowling from Bushy Rangers, all on three apiece. In Division 2, Carl Swan from St Mary's Harefield is the clear leader with nine to date. Matt Byrne from Dunbar for then follows with five, along with Ben Dunton from WDFC, also on five. Harry Fulbrook of St Mary's Harefield and Tom McGuinness of FC Metropolitan Hearts both have four. And in sixth place is Harry Beaumont from FC Woodside with three. In Division 3... We see Lewis Smith of Watford Town with five goals at the top. Charlie Kimpton from Hertfordshire Eagles with four. Then we have four players all on three goals. That's Aidan Brennan from Chelfon Saints, Liam Crane from Watford Athletic, Elliot Gregg from Sparta Phoenix and Will Jones from Chelfon Saints. Looking forward to this coming Sunday, the 4th of October, um, there are a number of cup games this week. In the Terry Devereux President's Cup, it's a repeat of two Premier Division games from last week, as Rifle Volunteer face Sunsports Athletic and Everett Rovers Reed take on Oakview. In the Dennis Jackson Intermediate Cup, the current leaders of Division 3 and 2 face each other with Watford Town and Soccer in what looks like the standout tie. In the Chairman's Cup, Langleyberry take on top of the table North Watford, so there's a potential cup upset coming in there. And in the Dennis Jackson Intermediate Cup, there are a number of ties, as previously mentioned, the uh, standout tie looks to be uh, the uh, top of Division 3 and 2, Watford Town and Soccer. Um, there obviously are also a number of other interesting ties. However, the uh, one that would stand out for the moment would be the Skyline versus WD tie. However, that uh, has currently been postponed and will be paid in a future week. In those league games... The Premier Division sees Evergreen and Chorley Wood face each other, knowing a win for either could mean that they take over at the top of the table. In Division 1, with North Watford in the Cup action, if Cassidy Rangers beat Ricky AFC, they would be the new leaders. Finally, in Division 2, the bottom two sides, currently without a win, West Hearts and ACS Milan, face off in what already looks like a six-pointer. And uh, finally, because of the cup games, no games in Division 3 this week. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week with another update. Hello, and welcome to our All Around the League recording, bringing you news and updates from the North Kent Sunday Football League. We start today by confirming the results from matches played on Sunday the 27th of September. In the senior division, the Albion vs Longfield Athletic was postponed. Raugima 4, AFC Oddfellows 3, Punjab United 1, Sun 2. In Division 1, Marley Royal 6, Slade Green Railway 1, New Ash Green 3, Darford Eagles 2, Hive Titans 5, Newtown Cobras 2, Swanscombe Tigers 2, Valley Rovers 1, Mickey Larson and Tom Sells were both on target for Swanscombe Tigers, 
with Joe Atkins replying for Valley Rovers. In Division 2, Sean Hyam nil, Springhead Park 2, with goals from Sam Fenning and Josh Cheeseman giving Springhead Park the three points. Blackline Hartley 3, Gravesend Spartans 1, Six Bells 5, Swanscombe Tigers Reserves 1, Cobham 2, Yield Leather Bottle 5, AFC Rocheville 4, Rising Eagles 0. In Division 3, Taverners 2, Phoenix Sports 1, Neil Whitaker and Chris Fuller scoring for Taverners, and Ash Rolfe replying to Phoenix as Taverners pick up their first league win of the season. Halls Athletic 1, Welling Park Wanderers 2, Pelham Arms 4, Erith Town 0, Guru Nanak 3, Verbena 1, Gravesend Vipers 1, AFC Bells 4. In Division 4, Queen 1, Dartford Athletic 3, The Rose Athletic 4, Guru, Na- Guru Nanak Reserves 3, Nuevo Club 0, Hollisters 4, with Jason Hill, George Trowin, Ant Marcus and Steve Jaynes all getting on the score sheet. Darston Athletic 4, Zend 1, and Ridgeway Darts 3, Gravesend Cricketers 1. Now to summarise, having a senior division roundup for September, Raul Gima lead the senior division, racking up four wins from four in September, with Sun hot on their heels picking up nine points from a possible 12 on offer. Four teams still await to pick up their first points of the season in Longfield Athletic, Sean, the Albion and Riverview United, although they've all played less games than the top four teams in the division. In Division 1, Swanscombe Tigers, Hive Titans, Marley Rolls and Newtown Cobras have all accumulated six points in September to lead the way in Division 1, although Swanscombe Tigers have a game in hand and are the only team with a 100% record in Division 1. At the bottom of the table, Slay Green Railway and South Darrenf are still looking for their first points of the season but have games in hand on the teams above them. Blackline Hartley lead the way in Division 2 with three wins from three in September. They're closely followed by AFC Rochefield with seven points and the Old Lever Bottle with six points. Although the Old the Old Lever Bottle have a game in hand against the Rising Eagles, which could propel them to the top of Division Two. Swanscombe Tigers reserves, Cobham, and the Rising Eagles are still looking for their first points of the season. In Division Three, AFC Bells and Pelham Arms have set the pace in Division Three, picking up seven points from nine available during September. Elsewhere, Verbena, Phoenix Sports and Eriff Town are still looking for their first points. However, Phoenix Sports and Eriff Town both have games in hand on the teams above them. In Division 4, Darston Athletic and Ridgeway Darts still have 100% records in Division 4 after winning all of their respective games in September. They're closely followed by Hollisters who have racked up 9 points from a possible 12 available. Queen and Nuevo are still looking for their first points of the season, while Zens have picked up 1 point from their opening 3 games. Moving on to this week's games of the week, Karen from Fabina correctly predicted the outcome of two games, but didn't get any scores correct, therefore scoring two points last week, meaning Blackline Hartley still lead the prediction table with four points, ahead of Queen with three, the Rosen Athletic and Fabina have two points. This week's games of the week predictions have been provided by Gravesend Vipers. So... In the AFC Oddfellows versus the Albion game, they've predicted the Albion to win by two goals to one. South Darrant versus Swanscombe Tigers, uh, they've predicted South Darrant to win by a goal to nil. Yield Leather Bottle versus AFC Rocheville, they've predicted the Old Leather Bottle to win by two goals to one. Black Lion Hartley versus Gravesend United, they've predicted Black Lion Hartley to win by three goals to two. And Phoenix Sports versus Gravesend Spartans, they've predicted Spartans to win by three goals to nil. That's all for this week. We'll be back with more news and results from the North Kent Sunday League next week. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. Hello everyone and welcome to the Southern Sunday Football League section of All Around the Leagues. This week saw the kickoff of the Marcus Lipton Cup, which essentially is the FA Cup of our league. Every team is entered and at the end of the season, two teams battle it out as Sutton United for the coveted trophy. 
what I'm going to do for this week is I will go through the league results from the games that took place in the league. And at the end, I will go through the results of the Marcus Lipton Cup. So let's just jump straight in with the Graham Dodd Premier Division. Swag beat Clapham Rovers by three goals to nil at Dulwich Sports Ground. Westminster Wanderers and Battersea Park Rangers battled it out to a 1-1 draw. In the Tony Eldridge Championship, South London Giants lost by one goal to nil to Barfold Boys United over at Barn Elms. My team, Sporting Continental, beat West Norwood by seven goals to two. The video highlights of that game will be out on Friday. Don't forget to check out our channel. Just go onto YouTube and search Sporting Continental. Don't forget to press subscribe. It's free. It's not going to cost you a thing. But to us, it means a lot. Wheatsheaf Athletic drew 1-1 with Streatham Stanley over at Beddington Park. In the Bob Dixon League 1, Chiswick FC lost by two goals to nil to Barking Mad. Norton FC lost by seven goals to one to Junction Elite over at Garrett Park. And two in Celtic lost at Clapham Common by two goals to one to Kudos Athletic. Only the one game to report in League 2. Q Antigua overcame Sporting Crabs by two goals to nil over at Peckham Rye Park. In League 3, Harbert Rovers lost by one goal to nil to Earlsfield. Westminster Wanderers beat London Brooks by four goals to two. Ballam Mariners beat South London All-Stars by five goals to one. And Wandsworth Warriors beat Parklife B by two goals to nil. In League 4, over at Barn Elms, Locomotive Wimbledon and Clapham Wanderers put on a six-goal thriller as the game finished 3-3. Magpie Recruitment beat Merton Athletic by two goals to nil at Prince George's over at Rains Park. And Parthenope beat Southside United by three goals to nil. In League 5, AFC Bluebirds lost to Painters Community FC over at South Park. Painters Community FC maintaining their 100% record in the league so far. Ballon Badgers beat Real Ale Madrid by two goals to nil. And Kings Athletic lost by four goals to two to Westminster Wanderers third team. Moving on to League 6 now. Only the one game to report. Club Football Valve B lost by two goals to nil to Junction Elite's third team over at two in the Mitchum's ground. In League 7, also only the one game to report on. Victoria Line Velocity lost by four goals to one to LMT FC. And finally, in League 8, Lions United beat Rosendale Sports by six goals to two over at Wimbledon Common Extensions. And at Selhurst Sports Arena, Blase Ballers lost by five goals to one to South City. Moving on now to cup action in the Marcus Lipton Cup. Let's run through some of the results. AFC Putney XI, that's AFC Putney's second team, beat Premiership side Albion by two goals to nil. Southwest Rangers beat Parklife's first team on penalties by five goals to four. Normal time finishing 2-2. Wimbledon Town's first team put seven goals unanswered past championship side Cosmos United. Barnstormers lost by three goals to two at home to Battersea Dogs. Lazio FC finally get their first win of the season and they beat East Putney FC by six goals to nil. One of the shock results of the first round is Top Deck FC from League 4 beat Championship side Clapham Newtown by two goals to nil. Elsewhere, League 2 side Real Dundonald beat League 1 side Club Football Vale, first team that is, by two goals to nil. Westminster Wanderers under 23s lost by five goals to three to Brixton Town FC. And Wimbledon Wolves lost by two goals to nil to London Ravens first team. League 7 side AFC Poplar Rovers drew 2-2 in normal time with League 2 side Ribblesdale Rovers. 
with that game going to penalties and AFC Poplar Rovers coming out on top by four goals to two. In one of the most bizarre ties of the round, AFC South London's first team drew nil-nil in normal time with AFC South London's reserves. That's right, their first team played against the reserves. The game ended nil-nil, but the first team came out on top on penalties, winning by three goals to one. Junction Elite's fourth team lost by two goals to one to Atletico Buble. Wimbledon Commoners FC beat North Colt Rangers by six goals to nil. Q Antigua's B team demolished Morden Rangers in normal time. That game finishing 8-0 to Q Antigua's B team. Clapham North End beat Newlands FC by four goals to two. Junction Elite's second team beat London Ravens' second team, or B team, by four goals to three. ACT Arantes United lost at home by three goals to nil against Clapham Common FC. Ballam and Klaupem Alban AFC and UBLCFC Old Boys drew nil-nil in normal time with Ballam and Clapham Albion AFC coming up 5-3 winners on penalties. And finally, Olympic Mayonnaise beat St. Cuthbert's Casuals by two goals to nil. So that's it for today. I hope to see you guys next week. Don't forget to check out my team Sporting Continental's YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a like, leave a comment on some of the videos, and I will see you guys next week. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.